not going Stay not safe Before you cross me, look both ways Leaving the scene with no trace Not in my lead, you out of place I'm not at the top, I'm out of space Can't eat with us, we're out of place I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great You're not my fan, you can't relate Straight talk going, state to state What's going on, guys? Your host, your boy, George Vakai, back here again today, pre-recorded as I always do, and I got a good one. I always have a good one, but this one I'm really excited for. Please help me welcome one of the heads of my new favorite promotion, and if it's not, by the end of this interview, it'll be yours as well. Please help me welcome Brandon Iscari from Global Syndicate Wrestling to Straight Talk. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you so much, George, and I appreciate that wonderful intro. It's the truth. It's absolute truth. I mean, uh, the first pay-per-view, Inception, was a barn burner from bell to bell. Every match I loved. I loved every surprise uh, that you threw at us. I loved already how you built for the second pay-per-view off that first one. And one of the matches I'm like looking forward to see is uh, Michael Elgin versus Jacob Fatu. When that right. happens at the next pay-per-view, that's literally two bulls. You're going to put them in the ring, and you're just going to let everything happened <laughs> that is exactly what i think is going to happen i per you know and we try to make the show that we want to see too and i could tell you i could not be more excited about that match i think they're just going to go out there and beat the tar out of each other and i i'm curious to see what happens myself absolutely so i gotta ask this question and i hope i'm not being too off kilter with this but with all the yes. that michael elgin went under last year in the speaking out movement were you hesitant in any way of bringing him on board for Inception? Well, and, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with anybody that has heat. You know, it's not that we're hesitant to bring them on. It's that we just want to do our research first. Mm -hmm. We want to go through, read all the articles, check out all the stories, listen to, you know, as much of both sides as we could hear and make our own determination. You know, ultimately, there was never a conviction. Um, there was never anything that was like legally substantial about it. And from what we could see, it sounded like most of it was eh, kind of a gray area, not so true, you know. So for us, it's if that's the case, then there's no reason why we shouldn't book them because there was nothing that was ever proven. You know, you're innocent until proven guilty. And he was never proven guilty. So in our eyes, he's clean and we're happy to have him on board. He's been a wonderful to work with and an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. I've seen him a few times in a, a lot of indie events, and he is one of, like I said, one of the best big men in the business. I've stated that on wax multiple times. I think he's great at what he does. And it's just very simple. There's no flash. There's no pizzazz. Yeah. Just, I'm going to go in the ring. I'm going to hit you. You're probably going to get up and then I'm going to hit you again. And if you keep getting up, I'm going to keep hitting you until one, two, three. <laughs> That sounds about right. Absolutely. So uh, Jacob Fatu, I mean, he's the crown jewel of Contra. He's the pinnacle of MLW. He's like one of the biggest names in wrestling, in my opinion. And he has the agility of a cruiserweight, but he's packing 300 pounds. So yep. I got to ask this, and I know this might be a spoiler, but the winner of this match, do we see them go on to take a shot at Hammerstone? for that GSW heavyweight championship. Is that where this is kind of going? And I see the smile. So I think we're on the same wavelength. Um, so the match itself is not a number one contenders match. Right. Uh, so will it specifically lead to a title match at the following show? No, not necessarily. 
but could we see them one day down the line possibly get a title shot? I certainly wouldn't see why not. You know, as they work their way through the the company, why wouldn't they get a shot at the title? Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, the women, you've brought in some amazing, fantastic women into your roster. Uh, Diana Parazzo is there. Uh, one of my former guests, I've had her on the show now twice, uh, Masha Slamovich, who is just incredible. She's such a sweetheart. But you get her in the ring and it is literally all business. And she has so much power. It's insane. And that was actually one of my favorite matches on the card was the match with her. And um, so I hope I'm saying it right. Han or Han? I'm not sure if I'm saying. Sorry? Han. Okay, perfect. Han. So that that match was incredible. I loved it. I loved everything about it. And I also love how at the next event, you're going to be starting the tournament to crown your first woman's champion. How important is it for you now, especially with the evolution of women in the sport and that they are literally, there's no, there's no bottom level. They're either here or a lot of the times they're up here. How important is it for you to make a stamp on that women's roster and that division to make sure that it's carried out with pride and the way you see it playing out? Well, and that was one of our uh, honest, um, the biggest things for us was that we wanted to represent women's wrestling not like it's never been done before, but in a way that is true to, this is a wrestling product. We're not really a a glitzy, showy product. We're showcasing what we believe is the best wrestling product, in our opinion. And everybody's got a different opinion. For us, it's that classic, hard-hitting style. And so we want the, the women that we have to go out there and do the same thing. But we want to have the best that we can possibly get. You know, we can't get you know, the multi-million dollar people to come into the company, but we got arguably some of the best in the world from Diana. We have Allison Kay, we have Holiday, Masha. We have a lot of big names in our women's tournament and in our women's division in general. Uh, Jazz is the one who's helping us behind the scenes in our women's division, who may or may not in the future make an appearance at one of the shows. So we have a lot of things going for that division. We really have we kind of have like a, a men's division advisor, Dutch Mantel, and we have a women's division advisor, Jazz, and we want to treat them both equally and just put on the best shows that we possibly can. And I think this tournament is definitely a step in the direction to show how seriously that we take women's wrestling. Absolutely. I, I could not agree with you more. I'm very excited for this tournament. I'm also very excited for the next event. And I know that uh, you've announced that and everything, but for anybody else who doesn't know, uh, when is the next event taking place and what have you named it? I love the name, but I don't want to spoil it. I want you to share it with people who may not know. Sure. It's a GSW Catalyst and it's May 22nd in Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. Now I live in Brampton, Ontario, Canada, which is about 20 minutes outside of Toronto and I can't cross the border, but New Jersey is literally like a three and a half to four hour drive. And I wish I could, but I just... I can't take the two-hour quarantine or the two-week quarantine both ways. So I will definitely be watching it on pay-per-view. But um, And it's great, too, because that's actually the week I took off in in May for my vacation. That's the Saturday that starts my vacation. So how else can you not start a vacation without some kick-ass wrestling? You you can't. (laughs) Brandon, you just just can't. So um, is there anyone that you see as a front-runner? for that division i mean i'm not asking you to to pick who you you may see who you want to be donning the champ but anybody that you you have your eyes on that you feel would be the first a great first inaugural champion for your women's division i mean honestly any of them and like i could see it i could see trish i could see diana i could see allison k um i could see holiday i could see high end 
Um, honestly, all of them I, I could see being a first ever champion. Uh, the ones who are not already established that I see a bright future, not necessarily in the beginning. Um, Trisha Dora is on the rise. She's excellent. Um, Vicky, she's phenomenal. Uh, Masha, obviously, Hyan, all of them are just, those are people that we really wanted to get behind that are not already like on, on the level of the Dianas and the Ks and stuff like that. Absolutely. I, I agree with every decision that you made. And uh, obviously, I mean, another great match uh, that I absolutely loved was uh, Vicious Vicky and uh, Gabby Ortiz. Just yeah. wow. That was probably the sleeper match of the night for me. That was my favorite match on the card. Uh, the story that they told and how well it played out. And you can see that um, everybody went out there. What I loved about that pay-per-view uh, inception was that everybody went out there with I, I feel like a little bit of a, an intensity chip on their shoulder and not in a bad way. Like, all right, we're new. Nobody knows what we're doing. We're going to go out there and we're going to make sure if people aren't woke, they will be after this. And uh, I feel that you guys knocked that one out of the park completely. And I feel like you guys only, the bar is only going to get higher for you. I feel like there's no glass ceiling for GSW because I feel like when you reach it, you're going to find another level to punch through that next ceiling and just go up higher. So I, I have to ask this because there's not really established main event players that have an intergender division. They are in certain aspects of the indie scene. A lot of companies have like an intergender title or uh, um, there's a company I know out in um, actually uh, in Europe, they have, they have it called the Last Wrestler Standing Championship where it's mm -hmm. literally just doesn't matter male or female. If you win this yeah. title, you're, you're donning that last wrestler standing championship. Is there anything like that you guys may have in mind down the future? Because a lot of people, intergender wrestling is that gray area, right? Some people love it. Yeah. Some people hate it. But if you've got players that can pull it off well, which you do, then it could be something special. Is that something down the line, maybe a possible title you might want to add in the near future? Well, I'm open to the idea in the future at the, you know, with just kind of the way that uh, I see the the world you know with certain like the the speaking out against some of the talent that we've had and stuff like that personally from a business standpoint I'm a little concerned uh just you never know how it something's going to get misconstrued of course it's a professional environment but you, you just never know for me at least right now it's something that I would prefer to avoid um I think it's just stuff that I don't want to deal with you know if there is any backlash from it but like we have our youtube show high voltage um that's sort of our developmental brand and we've had a couple of wrestlers who have came to us specifically wanting to do an intergender match against somebody who also specifically wanted to do an intergender match so in rare cases like that i'd be more than happy to throw it on there but to, to have a title and to kind of like force talent that may that i don't even know if they're into it uh, into that uh, arena I, I'm, I'm a little nervous about that at least for the time being absolutely and, and and fair enough I understand we want to play everything safe and and being new and growing you want to evolve but you don't want to evolve to the point where you end up you know shooting your own foot because that would just be disastrous and um so I got to talk to you about Alex Hammerstone and Austin Aries two okay. fantastic uh human beings uh, Alex Hammerstone He's one of those guys that has so many layers. I'm a big MLW fan. I have a side podcast called the MLW Rewind, where I have a co-host. Yeah, I have a co-host who's like 97 years old. Lewis, I always call him the old man because he is. 
He's ridiculously old, but he, he's got a little bit of knowledge. Uh, but we talk about Hammerstone all the time. And one of the things we talked about in, in that thing is how he's got this open weight title that um, he's technically the number one contender for. And yet two and a half years hasn't got a title shot at Jacob for two. And that's a match that I'm burning to see. And it's two and a half years. Yeah. And I'm like, when's it going to happen? So I pose this to you. And this is an idea that I had for the open weight title. Instead of a money in the bank championship, what if you had something like that, a title that somebody could don and they could wear and they could, and they could, you know, represent the company with, but when the time came right, they could cash in that title for a title shot against any champion. So if it was a woman who had the belt, they could don it and they could go after the woman's champion. Okay. Now I want to take this belt. I want to cash it in. It's going to be vacant and I'm going after that title. And same thing. If somebody wanted to go at Hammerstone. Anything like that ever burned an idea or a hole in your in your mind? Uh, well, similarly, are you familiar with Dragon Gate? A little bit. I'm not too 100 percent with it, but a little bit. Yeah, and they had for the what was it? The Open the Dream Gate was their big championship where you would get like a key, and that key unlocks the belt or something. So whoever the contender is gets the key. They use it if they win the belt. They could open it and change the nameplate. Not specifically doing that, but we had thought about something similar. We just couldn't come up with a really good idea. I like the title idea. We sort of have that with our high voltage show where the, the next gen champion, Geo and Masha, who's the solo syndicate champion, those belts basically guarantee you a spot on the main roster. So although they represent high voltage, the developmental brand, when you have the championship, you are guaranteed a spot on the main show, um, you know, that so Masha had the match against high end geo was in the triple threat so you're able to be on the main show there's a couple that cross over but the only guaranteed ones are the ones that have the belts so in a sense we have something like that but not specifically to your idea which i think is excellent by the way oh thank you i wasn't pitching the idea but if you want to go ahead and take it all i'll ask in return is a gsw t-shirt that's all i'll ask more than fair <laughs> so um catalyst it's literally two months away. This will be my first episode that drops in May. So when that drops, okay. um, that will be literally three to four weeks away from your next event. So since we are dropping in May, can you give me any insight to what potentially may with some matches we may see? Because it's dropping so close to the pay-per-view. Well, you've already seen the four matches that we have announced for the women's tournament, the main event, Hammerstone and Dickinson. We have Fatu versus Elgin. Um, we are probably doing a fatal four-way. I'm not 100% sure who's in it. And then uh, a tag match with uh, Gio and Smiley versus Ricky and an opponent that is not named yet. So other than that, those are all the matches we have on the show. There might be some pre-show stuff, but other than that, that's pretty much the card. It's going to be eight matches. And I already want to say this, Brandon, uh, shut up and take my money. Get it on Fight TV <laughs> so I can pre-order it now. Oh, it'll be there. <laughs> okay, perfect, perfect. And for anyone who doesn't know, they can find it on Fight TV. And what is the price point that people are looking at when they purchase this amazing event? So Fight TV is $14.99 for the live stream, same as Inception. Um, tickets in person, we're doing, uh, we're very limited on seating. Tickets go April 1st, but they're probably sold out by now in May. Um, front rows 50, second rows 35, and general admissions 25 for that show. We're limited to 80 tickets um, for the venue. So it's a very limited crowd, but you know it's going to be an important event. So I think everybody there is going to have a good time. 
Right. Absolutely. I can't wait for it. Like I said, it's starting my vacation. I'm going to go out the day before and buy myself some beer. I'm going to have my pizza ready and my wings and I'll be cheering my head off for you. So Canada is representing. And speaking of Canada, speaking of Canada, when the borders open, you, you, you promised me that we're going to get a GSW side of things north of the border, right? Are we guaranteeing? Can we guarantee that? Okay. That's the plan. We're looking, you know, we don't want to, we want to live up to the name global. So any way that we could uh, stick to that, we would like to Canada, Europe, Asia, we want to go all over the world. What exact moment that's going to happen, I don't know. But within the next, I think within our first couple of years, we should be starting to look internationally. We're already starting to look at um, Florida, Massachusetts, some other states for future shows, possibly this year, early next year. So I definitely see that expansion coming very soon. Oh, I can't wait. I'm very excited about this. And, and I'm excited about you and, and, and getting able to shout out your brand and the amazing things you guys are doing. Because what I love about wrestling, I've been a fan since I was five years old. So we're going on 31 years, I've been a fan. And um, what I love about wrestling is that every time there's that level up moment and i stole this from a great canadian talent holden albright who's amazing so if you come north of the border you got to check him out because i think he'd be an excellent addition but um he called them level up moments so it's when you reach that glass ceiling that we talked about and you level up Mm -hmm. way through and i feel like you guys have helped level up the business you came in relatively quiet you caused a, a whole lot of ruckus you turned a lot of heads and then quiet is the night we go on to the next. And, you know, that's a credit, I think, to you and the background that you have, because the pay-per-view was shot beautifully. It was fluid. It was the angles were incredible. I'm a film major myself. I went to the Toronto Film School. So you and I have that background and I loved everything about it. So when you were designing the look and the feel of GSW, what were some Mm -hmm. things that you wanted to do differently? Because what I loved about the way you shot Inception was the angles. You got a lot of angles that not the typical wrestling company gets, which was so fresh and exciting. And I feel like you guys now have set a bar for yourselves where you have to keep finding those amazing angles to tell these stories. Well, so uh, the funny thing is our ringside camera didn't even make it into the live stream because the wireless system we had didn't work. So you didn't even get to see the fully polished product. Um, But the idea was originally to do we wanted the hard cam. You know, everybody's got to have the hard cam. Uh, we wanted a reverse hard cam that was like a top down where you could actually like see the fans as well as a nice higher angle, which we attached to the truss. That was uh, being a filmmaker, you know, sometimes it could be hard to get things to attach to things, but we figured it out. Yeah. Um, Zip ties are your best friend. <laughs> oh, I wish. The camera rig was like 15 pounds. So we had to get um, a, the clamp we bought when we went to try it didn't work. So then I had to go drive up to BNH, get a clamp that was a lot wider to fit. It was what it was. Uh, the plan was to have two ringside cameras, um, but the wireless system, of course, we had like a $3,000 wireless system that worked perfectly fine during the two tests we did. And then we show up and it doesn't work. So uh, we switched to doing a a tripod that was operated, you know, with the zoom and everything so we could get closer. But in terms of the look, um, 
I'm very particular in how I like wrestling to be presented visually in that I think that it should be a faster shutter speed. You, you're familiar with this, uh, faster shutter speed, so that way the movement's a little crisper. Um, other than that, I'm not too particular. Like I would prefer to shoot at 60 frames per second to give it more of that like smoothed out um, ruggedness. But because of the live stream software I was using, it auto converts everything to 30 FPS, so I couldn't do that. But it's, you know, the look came out the way I wanted it to. The only thing that I wish I could have done differently was have the black curtains go all the way up so that way those orange light floor lights that we had would be like around the ring. I think that would look so much better, but um, we didn't have enough pipe and drape. Our pipe and drape got called out the day of the show. So we weren't able to get it. And they just had a couple curtains in the back. So we thumbtacked that onto the wall and called it a day. Hey, and you know what though? Like I said, for the first, for the first event, I think it looked fantastic. I think you guys all deserve a pat on the backs. So you worked your asses off and it was great. And it was something that the whole world was talking about the next day. I, I'm in a group of a great bunch of podcasters and shout out to all of them. They've had you on the show a few times, um, you know, Dirty Heels. You did an Instagram live with them. Uh, Circle of Debate. They had you on. Uh, Ivan, the devious one. Uh, Chris Kelly's a little bit something to be desired. He's made fun of Canada a few times. And I, I may, Brandon, have to go. Uh, I may have to break quarantine just to fucking go over there and teach him a lesson. Uh, he's a... Uh, he, he said Can Canadians, uh, we say words like uh, golly gee and gosh darn it willikers. And we don't, we don't say that here. We're just normal yeah, people. I've been Canada a couple times and I didn't hear that. Exactly. So Chris, hear it from Brandon now. You, sir, need to do your research when you're going to make fun of a country. Do it properly. Okay? Do it properly. Um, <laughs> so back. Cool, Chris. <laughs> all right, <laughs> fine. Brandon says you're still cool. Then you're all right. I, I will. I'll give, I'll give Chris that. Only because you said it. If you didn't say it, I would have said nothing nothing um so high voltage uh that's your developmental program it's a great show as well it's on the it's on youtube uh when does that air so people could start getting into the developmental side of things that you guys are doing sure so we had two like single match releases uh one was the highlight for the women's championship the solo syndicate uh where masha won the belt we had the battle royal with geo where he won the belt and then starting well, actually, it's already been out at this point. The first one's coming out um, this coming Thursday, so about a month ago. And then the other ones will be coming out. Uh, it'll be bi-weekly from there on. So it'll be Thursdays at 8 o'clock bi-weekly um, on our YouTube channel, Global Syndicate Wrestling. Perfect. I'm already a subscriber, but anybody that isn't, get on that train because these guys are blowing up quick. And like I said, they're only going to get better. And things, we're going to see some amazing stuff. So when the borders do open and you are able to go all over the world, are you guys going to be featuring talent from the locations that you're in to try to, you know, give them a little bit of a push and a little bit of promotion within your organization? Will high voltage become almost like a tryout situation for someone in the area that you're in at that time? Well, high voltage, you know, it is very similar to like an AEW dark and NXT where it is like, I don't want to call it developmental because it's its own brand that lives on its own. Um, but it also is the thing that we use to tie the shows in together. So, but without a doubt, the plan is whenever we travel, even if it's a main show, if it's the high voltage, whatever, we want to have local talent to the area that we're in because we want to showcase them. We'd like to give them a platform, see how they do, because you never know who you're going to find. You never know uh, if this is going to be your next star and we might've just stumbled across somebody who could be our next world champion. You never know. And me personally, as a filmmaker and as a promoter, I wouldn't want to miss that opportunity. 
Absolutely. You want to take everything that kind of comes with your way. And like you said, there's a lot of times where something falls in your lap, but there's a lot of times where you got to go and search for it. And there's a lot of times where Murphy's law is filmmakers. We know this Murphy's law can and will fuck you every single yeah. time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> so in terms of, uh, I, I love the belt. I love the style of the belt and I know the women's belt is going to be just as awesome. Uh, where did the look and feel, or actually where did the name, gsw come from who came up with that where was the inception ah see how i did that where was the inception of gsw so um it's kind of funny one of my film clients uh runs this very successful children's youtube channel Uh, it's for young girls like 8 to 12 years old or 6 to 10 or something like that and uh but the owners of it are hardcore like classic ecw wrestling fans from the 90s early 2000s And so we're just talking about it. And uh, I mentioned that we're trying to come up with the name. And I'm like, you know, we're trying to, we really are influenced by Japan. So we want to have like global in there. We're all about like togetherness. And, you know, from being in film, we're all about like sharing resources and stuff, you know, trying to help each other out so we could all, you know, the tide rises, all ships go up, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, so we syndicate was the word that we were thinking of we're a wrestling company so something like that wrestling entertainment whatever so we originally came up with gws global wrestling syndicate for some reason i thought that that was like the perfect it sounded better than gsw for some reason and then uh, they were listening to me talking about it and I'm like dude what are you talking about it's not chantable and i'm like what are you talking about he's like gws who's chanting that he's like no gs dub man and i'm like you're right. I'm buying the domain now. <laughs> and that's how we got it. So it had to be chantable. You're right. It had to be chantable. It's got to be something that the fans can scream off their top of it. And GS dub. I was screaming that for my TV set all the last event. I was. And uh, it, it's something that uh, it caught fire and it burned a hole in my head. So um, ECW, if you're talking ECW then, and you're very influenced by Japan, we know Japan uh, they love to take their risks. They love to fly high. They love to use the environment. So I'm assuming we're going to start in the next couple of events. We're going to start to see a little bit more grimy feel to a lot of these matches, right? We're going to see the outside factors in the environment come into play a little bit more. I will. You will definitely see more action. Um, I wouldn't say we're not going to go in like the FMW, you know, ECW, like barbed wire, stuff like that. Um, if that ever happened, it would be on a rare occasion to tie up a feud for me as a storyteller. I like the, and, and as a wrestling fan, my approach is I like to save the story for the physicality in the ring. And I like everything to build to that moment. So if everything is, if you have a film and the entire thing is a crazy action piece, then you're still like this. If you build to that crazy peak, then everybody appreciates it more. So for me, it's, if we're going to do that, let's build to it properly. Let's have that feud that just calls for it and then finally deliver. Um, So I will say you will see it. It's just not going to be often. Okay. So what you're saying is it's going to be a Tarantino slow build. Instead of a yeah. Michael Bay action film, right? Yeah. Okay, I like that. I don't know if it's going to be a full spaghetti western from Tarantino either, though. No, no, we don't have to go spaghetti western. 
but we could go Reservoir Dogs. I mean, I'm a Tarantino freak. So when it comes to Tarantino, let's talk film for a second because I don't, I very rarely get to do this with another film student. So I have my my picks. I have my guys that I think are uh, the the peak of the of the mountain. Obviously, for me, one to five in no real particular order, but one probably is Tarantino. I was nine years old when Reservoir Dogs came out. I faked home sick mm-hmm. and watched that movie from beginning to end like four times. And I loved yeah. every single minute of it. After um, after him, for me, would definitely be anything Peter Jackson. I just yeah. love the way he tells stories and I love the way he shapes them. And I love the way they turn out. Uh, Martin Scorsese, Francis Ford Coppola, early Coppola for sure. And um, a, a fifth one, a lot of people don't know, but you may know is Dario Argento, Italian horror god. And yeah. I love the stories that he makes. Opera is one of my all-time favorite films. So, uh, I, and surprisingly enough, being a Canadian, you would think I would have James Cameron, but between you and me, I hate that fucking guy. So yeah, I'm a I, James, James Cameron fan. I, I love obviously Terminator one and two. And of course, aliens, uh, those are honorable mentions. You can't talk yeah. about, yeah, for sure. But he's somebody that I, I really don't care for, but what are your favorite filmmakers? Uh, my number one is Park Chan-wook, director of Old Boy, um, The Handmaiden, some of the best top-to-bottom stories that you'll ever see, in my opinion, not the terrible American remake of Old Boy. Uh, <laughs> Forget that one. We don't have to talk about that one, okay? Not a fan. Um, I'm really a big fan of um, Darren Aronofsky. Obviously, he did The Wrestler, but any of his films are masterpieces to study, in my opinion. Scorsese is another one that I adore. I love Takashi Miike as well. Um, and number five, I could put Coppola up there. Yeah, I could put Coppola up there. But not not Godfather Part Three. Even the restoration didn't do it justice. No, no. <laughs> That's not a movie. That's not a movie. <laughs> so when you're not uh, helping out your clients, doing all the stuff you do for the YouTube, and you're not working around the clock to build this amazing brand that you've got going that's catching fire, um, what do you do in your downtime? What, what do you enjoy doing? What's Brandon do when he's not focused on either wrestling or his full-time job, the YouTube stuff? What, what else do you do? That. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what I mean. No, I mean, I enjoy, you know, going out. Um, I have an Akita dog, my girlfriend and I, we like to go out, we take the dog for a walk, we go to the park, stuff like that. Her and I like to go out for little trips and just, you know, there's not too much that we could do during the pandemic, but we go walk around the town, stop in a cafe, stuff like that. Uh, I love hatchet throwing. Um, they're still open, thankfully. So I go there once in a while. Um, big fan of like the the Russian saunas, the banyas or whatever. So we go like in the steam room and stuff and just that's like my Zen period. But I still bring my laptop and like research stuff for GSW while I'm there because I have Wi-Fi. So in some form, I am constantly doing or thinking about film or wrestling to a degree I can't stop um, until I'm in my grave. But that's pretty much the only other stuff I do other than just then I'll watch wrestling, I'll watch movies. And while I'm enjoying it, I'm studying it at the same time. Absolutely. And um, uh, I could say from once I did my research and I found out that you were a filmmaker, I was like, oh, so a cinematic match may be in GSW future. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> really? I don't know, cinematic I, match. No, not a fan of any of them. Any of them that's been done. <sighs> I mean, okay. I I like I like my worlds being separate. 
I like wrestling for what it is. I don't think, I think wrestling is more like a play. It's not like a movie. And as a filmmaker, you know, theater and film are two totally different things. 100%. Um, So for me, I like to keep those things separate. Can you make a cross? I think so. I think uh, segments can be cinematic. I think uh, build up to matches can be cinematic. I think the matches itself, I don't feel like I've seen one that has been done successfully yet, in my opinion. The closest would be the one with Sting and AEW. That was not bad. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I had like Tommy Dreamer did one in Impact, uh, um, Styles and Undertaker, uh, Cena's, Cena's was interesting. I, I will say that Cena and what Bray Wyatt, I think. Yeah, the that, Fiend. Yeah, yeah. The Funhouse match or whatever. That was interesting. All the other ones sucked. Just it's like I'm trying to watch wrestlers fake doing a movie, and it just it takes me out of it. I'd rather see like see no evil or something where you take the wrestler and put him in a horror movie. I'd rather watch that than watch them try to turn the craft that I love so dearly into a movie. No, I I, I do agree with you. Yeah, a lot of them haven't been the greatest. Uh, the ones you mentioned were actually uh, they're also my top three as well for sure. Uh, and I, I didn't mind the one with Moose and um, EC3 and Impact. I actually thought that one was pretty cool as well. Um, but you're right. It is a play. And uh, I actually look at it more as, uh, and if I'm wrong, feel free to correct me. I look at wrestling as more of a dance. You have two incredible performers in the ring and they are going to tell an entire story with not a single word. Yeah, there may be a trash talk here and there in the corner when you're stomping somebody out. You may, you know, fuck you under your breath and shit like that. That That's part of it. But I'm talking about the fluidity and the movements and two amazing dance partners taking each other to the limit. And when I, when I look back at Inception, the one match that stands out to me above all else with that is um, the, the GSW World Championship match. Alex Hammerstone, Austin Aries, literally just told one hell of a story. And again, I've never met Austin Aries, but I, I've appreciated his work for years. And either I've never met Hammerstone yet, but I'm hoping to change that soon. But um, Austin Aries, there is a little air about him. Uh, not so much speaking out movement wise, but attitude wise. He does have a very rough exterior and he does say what he has to say when he has to say it, whether it's wrong or right. And we know his history. We know how he treats promoters. So was that a concern at all for you guys when you were bringing him into the fold for GSW Inception? Well, first, uh, I'll comment on the, the dance, you know, the choreography part. Absolutely. And I agree that that is how uh, wrestling is to the most part. But the way that I see wrestling, and this is, you know, it's not the way. Everybody has a difference of opinion on it. Mm-hmm. I see wrestling as a simulated fight. So if you're watching a movie and let's say what would be a popular fight scene, like uh, the Bourne movies, right? Yes. Um, Matt, you know that they scripted this, you know, that you could, that they choreographed it, but it is so well done. And it looks like such a real fight that your suspension of disbelief is there. Um, so that's how I look at wrestling is I want these people to be able to go out there and make me believe that they're really in a fight because if it's too much of a choreography, like too much of a dance, um, and I feel that this is primarily an issue with Lucha Libre. Mm -hmm. It looks too much like gymnastics or too much like, oh yeah, they're standing and waiting and they're playing and they're doing this. 
and I want it to look like a fight because that's what captures my attention. When I can check out, and it's the same thing in a film, when I can check out of the film, I'm gone. When I can check out of a wrestling match, I'm gone. Um, but to go off of Aries, uh, I would love to clear the air because I think it's really important. Absolutely. Aries is an absolute pleasure to do business with. I would say of the entire roster, I enjoyed my conversations with him and his professionalism more so than anybody and everybody we had was professional. Absolutely. And, and thank you for clearing the air. And I appreciate that. That's what we do here on Straight Talk Wrestling. I asked the straight up questions and I hope to get the straight up answers. And I feel like I feel like you and I have developed a, a, a good connection. I feel like there's a, a friendship brewing. I we're feel like movie together. that's what we're going to have. Oh, I'm in. I'm all I'm, listen. You and I could be elite. We could yeah. be elite. We could. <laughs> so in terms of the build for Aries next, I mean, mm -hmm. he can't keep going after Hammerstone forever. So what what do you plan to do with because Austin Aries and Michael Elgin, they have so much experience. There's mm -hmm. literally decades between the both of them of experience in this business. Are you utilizing some of your main roster players over with the high voltage side of stuff to kind of not say be so much coaches, but to come off and maybe do the seminars and do that kind of stuff to kind of help these younger uh, uh, guys and girls, you know, work up? I mean... And, you know, a, a conversation that hasn't been made public yet that I'd be more than happy to give you the exclusive on. Uh, the last phone call that I had with Aries, uh, basically what he told me was the most mileage you're going to get out of me is put me with a guy that you want to build and I'll work with them. I'll help them out. You know, whoever it is, however many people you want to do, just where I think I fit in best at this stage of my career is helping work with the other talent, you know, whether winning or losing or whatever happens when they go out there. So that's an avenue that we've been exploring. Uh, we have no one in particular, but you may see that at uh, the next show or the following show, something start to happen in that direction. Maybe. I don't want to give too much away, but, um, you know, there is that avenue and, uh, you know, props to him that he's at that point of his career where he feels like he can give back. And I just can't wait to see how that materializes and what we do with it. Absolutely. I think that's, I think that's fantastic on his part to recognize, you know what, I'm not, I'm not 25 years old anymore. I've, <laughs> I've had some scars on me. I've got some, I've got some mileage here now, but I, I feel like him saying, I want to give back and I want to help somebody grow. That's the best thing you could do, because if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have the talents we have now. If, if, you know, yeah. somebody didn't pass on wisdom to somebody else, there wouldn't be who we have in the business today. And the business wouldn't keep evolving and changing because right. I see it like a bookshelf. You know, you've got that first layer with all the old school guys. And from there they developed into these guys. And then we got these guys and now we have the top event players now, and then we're going to have the next generation. And that's what keeps wrestling going. And that's why wrestling has been around for, you know, almost a hundred years, if I'm not mistaken, early matches were as early as actually could it be over a hundred years. I think the first wrestling match I remember was close to like 1800s and they did wrestling back in the Greek days uh, with Mount Olympus and all, the Olympics and all that stuff. So wrestling and, and choreographed story fighting has been around for centuries and um, it's without the help of an evolution of the business that we don't, we got to continue to keep that going. And it's just like with me, I, I give everybody a, a platform to speak their truths and speak their honesty, but if they don't come on my show, I don't have guests. So uh, we still got a little yeah. bit left in time, but I do want to thank you honestly for giving me the time out for you because I know you're a busy man. So taking 45 minutes out of your schedule 
that's got to be crazy. You probably uh, you're, you probably got a, a thousand pings going on the email on your phone, like ding 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 ding. <laughs> uh, about eighteen. Oh, only eighteen. <laughs> okay, that's that's not. Yeah, that's not bad. No, we're good. We go for a couple more hours. Oh, perfect. Great. So, in terms of um, global syndicate, we've talked about crossing the border. We've talked about becoming globally. Uh, we've talked about uh, potentially adding some more titles. And obviously, if you're going to have tag team matches on the next card then tag team belts got to be in the work as well. Yes. So we are planning on doing a tag team belt. I don't know for sure if it's going to be at the end of this year or the beginning of next year, but the plan for a tag team championship is there. The The plans for a mid-card belt are there. Um, the plans for adding tag belts and a mid-card belt to the women's division as well is there. It's just depending upon when exactly. Uh, we really in my opinion, I don't want to introduce a belt at every single show, but mm -hmm. since we're only doing four shows, it may end up being like that. Um, but we're just, we're kind of seeing how it goes when we can get the belt. And also we have to design them too. So uh, we haven't had good luck with designers. So I've been designing all the belts myself and my girlfriend, uh, she designed the women's belt, which came out fantastically. So I'm excited about that too. Absolutely. And like I said, I love the design of the first belt. So if you guys are, listen, it, it, it's stuff like this that people need to understand. You're not just, you know, hey, look at me. I, I have a wrestling company. No, you're putting the work in. You're working oh. 25 hours a day and you're sleeping none of it. And that's okay because you're a young guy. You'll sleep when you're dead. That's the whole point of yeah. dying. You get to sleep at that that's point. point. <laughs> Actually, I have the belt right over here if you want to see it. Absolutely. Holy, oh, it's a heavy one. This is the women's world title belt that they're going to be fighting for on the show. That is amazing. Look at that. Can you see it okay? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That is gorgeous. That is absolutely stunning. And I love the white, I love white leather on belts. It looks so classy. It really, really does. I love you both. I like the, uh, I like, I don't like every belt being exactly the same. So same thing with the, the high voltage belts. They were different colors. Um, I do think maybe they're getting a little too crazy. So we're probably not going to do like yellows and pinks and stuff like that because we're going to run out of colors in the rainbow eventually but you know we'll see hey you know what you can start mixing new colors be the first one to have a teal belt that would be something cool yeah. right yeah exactly <laughs> so you're talking about four shows a year so we've got inception we've got catalyst coming up what are the plans for the next two shows do we have any names for those yet or any possible dates in mind we can keep people yeah, so um, show three is actually going to be a two-night event back-to-back, -back, August 20th and 21st. That's where we're wrapping up the women's tournament. So the first round is in Catalyst, and then the third show is the Global Champions Cup, the name of the tournament, and that's going to be the two-night event to wrap up and crown the first-ever women's champion. So the names that you see in the women's tournament, whoever wins those rounds will be at the night two and night three, uh, or night one and night two in August. Uh, obviously, you're going to have your GSW uh, world champion, whoever that is, at the show. You will have your other champions at the show. Uh, one thing I'll say in general, we plan for the long term. So 90% of the people who were on our roster, we signed for the whole year. So you will be seeing them at just about all of the shows. And then uh, the last show of the year is going to be November 20th. That is, um, yeah, November 20th just making sure. So same thing. Uh, you'll probably have whoever your world champion is at the time at the show. You'll have your women's champion at the show um, and every pretty much everybody else to some degree and maybe some new faces. That's amazing because November 20th is a really cool day because it's six days before my birthday. 
So oh, very cool. we're going to have to get you back on the show in November and we're going to have to get some breaking news on that. Sounds good, but we'll have a beer for that one. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Hopefully the borders are open. I'll come to where you are, man. I'll go for a walk with you to that cafe. I'll sit down yeah. and eat cupcakes with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Like dogs. Yeah, I got microphones. We're good to go. We'll do a, a whole studio recording. Done. Done and done and done and done. Before I let you go, again, thank you, sir. And I do want to let you know now that you are officially a member of the Straight Talk family. You have my email. Thanks. I have yours. Please, let's stay in contact and let's let's keep this going. Let's make sure Global Syndicate Wrestling is well-known all over the world. And I will help any way I can because I love the product and I love what you guys are doing. I'm a fan first and foremost, but to get down and have these killer conversations, this is just huge motivation for me. So I appreciate the Thanks. time you've given me today. And my final no, question, it's an easy question. All right. You're, you're a foodie. I can tell that you love your food and you, you yeah, go to the cafes, you get your, yeah, I got it. I got it right there too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm married to a beautiful Italian woman. She cooks for me like gold and I always go back for seconds. So that's what these are right here. It's all seconds. It's all seconds. <laughs> but when it comes to the food of your choice, you're mm -hmm. sitting down, all the work is done. I know this will never happen, but let's play, let's play this game. You're sitting down. All the work okay. is done. You have nothing but time on your hands for two hours. What is the go-to meal for you and your girlfriend? Steaks, pizzas, oh, burgers. Wow. What is the go-to? It's tough. Um, for me, I like Korean barbecue. She's Japanese. She likes uh, Japanese barbecue. So we're pretty close. Um, yeah. But uh, together, probably sushi. I love it. I love sushi, too. I'm a big fan of sushi. Uh, dynamite rolls, California rolls. I can eat like 40 yeah. of those. 40 of those like just oh, yeah. and like to the point where i'm like marlon brando and the godfather with cotton balls <laughs> in my mouth <laughs> yeah we were we went to one of those uh rotisserie bar sushi restaurants when we were in japan i went to go see wrestle kingdom for liger's retirement last year and um we went to uh that rotisserie uh sushi bar and we're sitting there and we didn't realize that the head sushi chef was liger's chef uh so liger's there like every week we're like what so we just keep grabbing them off the, the conveyor belt. And then you know, we had a stack. It was like this tall. I think we had like 17 plates each or something. It was crazy. <laughs> and my girlfriend promised me that, oh, yeah, they're a dollar a plate. No problem. And we didn't realize, I guess, because it's Liger Chef that this place was a little more expensive. So we're like, oh, yeah, it's only like 16 bucks to eat till we pass out. Yeah. Oh, they were four and five dollars a plate. <laughs> all right this was like a hundred dollars a person great well it was worth it it was worth it it had to have been oh man it was good absolutely all right well brandon thank you so much for the time today sir and again uh leading up to the episode i'm going to tag you and everything and gsw and everything to promote it um but before i let you go please let everyone know your socials mine they can find out at the end of the episode i've got my shout outs there but please Tell everybody where they can find you and more information about GSW as the days and weeks go by. Sure. So gswpro.com is our website. Our Instagram is at gswpro. Twitter is at gsw underscore pro. Facebook, Global Syndicate Wrestling. And I think that's it other than YouTube where you could watch some of our high voltage stuff, which is Global Syndicate Wrestling. Absolutely. And I, I literally am on all of it. I was day one. I'm on all of it. I was following it and I will continue to share and promote and let everyone know that this is the hottest thing in pro wrestling. And I'm not going to say indie wrestling or, 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 you know, mainstream wrestling. It is the hottest thing in wrestling. I love everything that you guys are doing and I can't wait to see what the future holds. And I swear to God, 
when it's announced that we get Jacob Fatu versus Alex Hammerstone, I will literally do a video and all the video will be as this. That's, <laughs> no, you, that's... Just, you got to do like a watch along live stream or something to it. And just like natural. I just want to see your reactions throughout the whole match. Cause we'll make them go like three hours or something and just to make a whole movie out of it. Done and done. I, I will figure out how to do that and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do, I'm going to do the whole thing. And at the end of it, I'll be like, Brandon, thank you so much for the six hours of just these two guys going at it. I appreciate it so yeah. much, dude. Thank you so much. <laughs> there you go. All right, man, go enjoy the rest of your evening. And again, it was an honor to speak with you today. And anytime you want to come back, Straight Talk is your house. Love to have you back. Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. All right, guys, that's it for this one. It's in the can. Your host, your boy is out. My special guest today, Brandon Scarry, the head of GSW. Don't forget to tune in next week and follow the socials so you can find out who next week's guest is. I won't tell any of you, but now that Brandon and I are pretty cool, I'll let him in on the next guest. As always, guys, peace, love, and wrestling, and I'll see you guys all next week. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace Not in my lead, you out of place I'm not at the top, I'm out of space Can't eat with us, we're out of place I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great You're not my fan, you can't relate Straight talk going, state to state